host, Hector. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. And I've got another 2000 Movies episode here for you guys. This is where um, I do a solo podcast reviewing a film that I've just recently got around to watching. And the two requirements I set for picking these films is that, one, I have to be interested in watching them. <laughs> and then the uh, second stipulation is that uh, the films have, have to have been released after the year 2000, hence 2000 movies. The other main thing you should know about these reviews is that uh, I, I'm not going to go too deep into detail uh, uh, plot-wise. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, so no need to worry there. All right, and uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening, and I hope uh, you enjoyed last episode. Um it was uh, the full crew, me, Jason, Ian, and Matt, and uh, that was actually a lot of fun during it, during the recording, so I hope it translated to uh, to everyone listening. Our, our numbers have been doing really well. Um, it's just been in, uh, kind of a, on an uptick ever since, you know, I mean, last year when um, I think it was a big year for podcasts uh, in general, and, uh, and we just hit our seven-year anniversary here with the podcast with Mind Grenade. And since the beginning of the podcast, when I started back in 2014, uh, I heeded to some um, to to a sentiment that Kevin Smith had put out there uh, that he didn't he, he, he didn't care if you listen to his podcast. He just wanted you to go out and make your own. And I, I took that to heart, and I, I just love that. And the seven years later that that sentiment uh, paid off. Uh, I'm so glad I just kept that that attitude and just kept going. There's some uh, ups and downs, um, and I'm so happy with my current co-hosts, and I'm elated that Jason and Matt have their own podcast. Like, Jason and Matt have two podcasts. <laughs> they have this one, and they have their own podcast, Listen Impossible. Um, and uh, Ian's so great. Uh, as a co-host as well um he's actually <laughs> i try to keep this to yourself but he's actually my favorite co-host a couple years back i had um the host of my favorite podcast hideous energy on this podcast and after my co-host ian listened to it he texted me and just like gave me the best compliment for that episode so so as of right now, as of June 2021, Ian is currently my favorite co-host. And uh, and then Jason and Matt, uh, they always come through. And like I said, they've got two podcasts. And um, Jason's a great producer. And Matt is, like I've said before, is kind of a natural at this. So I'm just really grateful to have uh, things working out the way they worked out. So again, thanks for listening. And before I get into the main attraction, I had a little bit of a review for a film that uh, just premiered over the weekend, A Quiet Place 2. I got to go check that out. Um, I checked it out on the IMAX, but you really don't have to. You, you do have to go see this movie, but you don't necessarily have to watch it on an IMAX screen. You can watch it on the standard and still enjoy the living F out of it. It was so... If you liked the first one, this is just as good or maybe slightly better this this sequel like picks up right like gets right into it there's no extemporaneous little like bits here and there uh you 
there isn't like 10 minutes to trim out of the end of it. Like it's like just very lean um, when it comes to plot. And uh, I mean, it moves along uh, briskly enough, but it has little moments, little, um, uh, you know, emotional moments, um, thoughtful moments that uh, the same way the first one did. It's the same director, John Krasinski, which bravo, John Krasinski, <laughs> John Krasinski, the fucking schlubby guy from the office, uh, a comedic actor. He's done some serious stuff too, some serious, uh, films, uh, or some serious acting in serious films. But, um, who would have expected that, you know, his first try at directing, um, together with his wife, Emily Blunt, uh, that they would knock it out of the park right away with The Quiet Place, uh, the original Quiet Place. That film, critically and commercially a hit, which is, you know, for a first-time director, it's pretty amazing. He, um, yeah, you know, there's directors that wait, you know, have to get three or four movies in before they like figure it out and John Krasinski does it right away. So, um, and he brings it with the second movie. I, I, I'm so glad it's the same director for both movies because they do feel attached. Um, it, it adds to the story, to the, um, mythology, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Uh, the same level of tension set in the first movie is maintained in this one. Um, that you know there there there's uh, instances where you think it's going to go one way but it doesn't it's it's um and, and in a very satisfying way so it's not predictable like um movies like this can be so uh yeah uh, just a high recommendation i think i gave it yes i gave it an, a solid a which is very very high score for me on rotten tomatoes oh uh, famously matt <laughs> matt won our rotten tomatoes prediction game a year in advance, he predicted that the critic score would be a 90 on, uh, on a quiet place too. And right now, currently it sits on a 90% on rotten tomatoes with the critic score, uh, well-deserved. And, and it's one of those instances where my review is, uh, copacetic with the reviews on rotten tomatoes. So, uh, yes, uh, definitely check that film out. Uh, and if you haven't seen the first one, watch that one. Cause, uh, there are a pair uh, they, the continuity between the two are pretty seamless and, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty great. All right, moving along the main attraction. So, uh, I've just been on a really good streak, at least for me personally, when it comes to the stuff I've been watching, uh, the movies I've watched in the theater this year have been fantastic. What did I see? So I watched nobody. I watched the courier with Benedict Cumberbatch. I watched Godzilla vs. Kong twice. I watched Demon Slayer, um, Wrath of Man. I think, yeah, and then A Quiet Place 2. And, and then even the stuff that I've been watching for the show, for Mind Grenade, for these 2000 movies reviews, like, um, it's, uh, it's been really enjoyable. It hasn't felt like a chore, which is what I <laughs> try to avoid. Um, desperately is to sit down for two hours and feel like I've wasted time. Ugh, that's my, ugh, I hate that. So, uh, I've lucked out and, um, 
definitely with this film, with Darkest Hour, the uh, 2017 film directed by Joe Wright. Uh, just finally got around to it, which is kind of crazy because Gary Oldman is one of my all-time favorite actors. Uh, he was in uh, True Romance, uh, Dracula, um, The Fifth Element, uh, The Professional. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's always been awesome. And uh, I do remember with The Darkest Hour, he ended up winning the Oscar for it. And uh, it isn't, I don't know if that's his, that was his first Oscar or not, but um, he's definitely, he's, he's one of these guys that other actors look up to and for a long time. So, um, yeah, I think he's a sweetheart and he's amazing, just an amazing, amazing actor. Uh, so let's see who stars in the darkest hour with, and this film is titled darkest hour, not the darkest hour. So I'm going to try not to keep making that mistake. Uh, let's see Gary Oldman, Ben Mendelsohn, which is always a great addition to any cast. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas and Lily James. But to be upfront, this is a one man show and it's all Gary Oldman. Darkest hour is a war drama film. And it takes place in 1940, uh, May of 1940. And it's from the point of view of the British, um, as Nazi Germany just dominates Europe. And uh, they're, uh, they're at their front door. The Nazis are at the front door of the Germans there. Um, they've got uh, soldiers um, kind of cornered in Dunkirk, which is... Um, Having watched Dunkirk so recently, <laughs> um, uh, right before watching this film, uh, is like perfect because both films kind of intersect, even though they're completely separate productions by separate directors and separate writers. Um, but the uh, actions of this, the, the actions that take place in this movie, intersect with stuff that happened in the Dunkirk film. Um, Winston Churchill obviously gets mentioned in that film, even though you don't see him in the uh, Christopher Nolan Dunkirk film. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's going on. So the reason, obviously, why the title of the movie is Darkest Hour is because that's what you get in this film. Uh, Winston Churchill, played by Gary Oldman, fucking brilliantly. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm probably going to repeat that in keep praising them throughout this whole thing. So uh, just brace yourself for that. Um, it's it's well-deserved. Um, so Winston Churchill gets kind of thrust into the position, even though he's always wanted it, the, the uh, uh, position of prime minister of um, the UK. He But but he gets thrust. He, he's always wanted it, but he's finally getting it. But it's also under the worst circumstances, <laughs> the worst conditions. Like, they're being ready to be taken over. So things are pretty grim right away at the beginning of this film. Uh, it uh, being based on real events and being a movie, it's uh, obviously going to be a romanticized version of what really happened. Um, but what I appreciate from the director's approach here is that the, uh, the moments of despair are heightened but those couple moments in the film where it's a romanticized kind of a version of what's great about uh, British culture, um, you know, scenes outside when he's driving, when he's not 
when Winston Churchill is isn't you know in some office building when he's out amongst the people out on the street uh, that stuff is really done so poetically uh, and um, it's really beautiful to kind of throw sprinkle those kind of moments in to a film like this so uh, I'm gonna be uh, even more upfront here <laughs> this is a, this film is just like nothing but a string of like speeches and discussions and shadowy uh, government you know offices and shit but it's done so well that those light kind of moments that are sprinkled in kind of like balance everything out just right uh this is really masterful i, I i'm guessing uh <laughs> it's Probably mostly do. I mean, I mean, you got a really good director and a really, one of the greatest actors, if not the greatest actor of his generation. Uh, but the screenplay has got to be it, man. Like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of fucking speeches. But man, it's just like the the narrative and having great speeches delivered so expertly. Like, it's just the perfect combo. Um, and along with that, you get a virtuoso performance by Gary Oldman, who um, approached the role uh, somewhere between an attempt at an honest portrayal and a romanticized one. So you get all his flaws and all his virtues instead of just all his virtues. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could have edited it that way. Um, but uh, they do show that he was not a likable guy uh he's an alcoholic uh, he started drinking right away when he when he woke up um he's older and you know um just kind of set in his ways uh but in the end he had the best intentions at heart um he had the um uh concern for his countrymen and and they showed uh his his vulnerabilities too uh, he, he had doubts, even though people thought he, <laughs> he was, uh, just overconfident. Um, so I, I like the, uh, well-rounded portrayal of the, of, of, of Winston Churchill. Um, I, I, you know, another aspect of this film too, that Gary Ullman should get credit for is, um, the, uh, very British kind of dry sense of humor kind of bordering or maybe not bordering maybe it's it's gallows humor uh just kind of you know taking the edge off of a of a serious situation and 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 adding a little bit of levity and uh they do that really well so this you know so it, it's not necessarily there aren't necessarily funny moments in this it's just that they slip in kind of moments where a little levity kind of lightens things up a little bit uh, so, uh, that's, that was a nice little touch there. Um, yeah, uh, this is, uh, this has been, this has been, uh, for me, a delight, this movie. I, I wasn't expecting it, expecting to like it as much. So, uh, and you know, um, like Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan film, uh, uh, the uh, cinematography is something that I have to bring up because you do stop and notice it. So it's 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 that good. Um, I think Dunkirk, just because it's an a movie that takes place mostly outside, you know, it's uh, 
it's more of a, a boots on the ground kind of um, uh, look at war, where this is more like bureaucrat, you know, bureaucrats in an office <laughs> kind of situation. So, but uh, but but both um, uh, Darkest Hour does have its moments with the cinematography that you're like, wow, what a gorgeous looking film. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out as well. Um, so overall, let me make sure I'm not forgetting anything kind of that would, um, kind of entice you to watch this film. Um, yeah, really a great ensemble, uh, great lead actor, very interesting subject matter. Um, I, I, I mentioned before, it's a series of speeches with interspersed, uh, scenes in offices with bureaucrats, but it kept my interest all the way through for two hours. <laughs> and uh, I, I wouldn't be recommending recommending this so strongly if 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 it didn't keep my interest all the way through. So um, yeah, if you should be able to tell if this is not a movie for you, uh, if you know you prefer uh, more uh, lively fare. Um, then yeah, this is probably not <laughs> for you, but, um, you know, actually I, I haven't been watching the crown on Netflix, but I'm guessing if you're into that, you, you would enjoy this, uh, cause it, there's some serious, it's fucking World War II. So there's some, it's serious drama, but it's not glitzy or extravagant, uh, showy. It's just, um, it's a uh, it's an insight to humanity, I guess. Is the <laughs> it's, I know that sounds cliche, but really, it's just you know uh, the title of the movie, "Darkest Hour." It's it's a, a a culture on the brink of something potentially uh, just horrible, not potentially, but definitely horrible. Just being invaded and being taken over, and how you how people handle that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a, an A minus, a very confident A minus. Uh, yeah. And, um, I, I definitely watch this again. Usually when, um, well, uh, a pretty hard and fast rule for my grading system is if I'm giving it an A, it's something that I'm going to watch again. And, uh, it's the highest form of praise I can give a film or any piece of art. Um, I would write, let's see, out of my co-hosts, I'd recommend it to all three of my co-hosts, to Jason, Matt, and, and Ian. Um, I think I think Jason's seen it already. I think Ian's seen it already, and they and they thought it was pretty good as well. So, um, yeah, uh, high recommendation for this type of film for a war drama. Uh, so, Darkest Hour... Um, I saw it streaming on HBO Max, so I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening uh, have HBO Max. Um, HBO Max has had a pretty decent year, <laughs> so um, yeah, check that out on HBO Max streaming there. And all right, man, so that's my um, my review on Darkest Hour. Uh, let me tease a couple of the uh, upcoming episodes of Mind Grenade. So next week should be another full crew here. Should be me, Jason, Matt, and Ian hanging out. Um, let's see what what are we gonna do. 
Jason's got a movie game that we're going to test, that we're going to trot out. And then, um, oh, we've been wanting to talk about some comic books we've read recently. Uh, Jason's, uh, no, Matt Matt had a couple new books that he uh, just recently got into. And I've read a couple things recently, too, that I want to discuss. So... I had that to look forward to, and then when I come back around for my little solo episodes for 2000 movies, I'm thinking I'm going to do the uh, the film Argo. It came out a couple years back. Uh, actually, it's been a little while now, but uh, a Ben Affleck film. Um, I'm going to try to give Ben Affleck some love because uh, I have deliberately avoided his couple of his last movies, but I've always been a fan of the movies he's directed. Um, examples are Gone Baby Gone and The Town. The Town's fucking excellent. So if you haven't seen that, go check that out. But uh, the one that I've wanted to watch, Argo, I've heard is just as strong as Gone Baby Gone and The Town. So uh, looking forward to that. Those will be our next couple episodes. Um, let's see. So uh, I'll start wrapping up here. Um, you can find a feed of the podcast on MindGrenadeStudios.com. Everything Mind Grenade uh, can be found there. Uh, let's see. Leave us an email at mindgrenade2014 at gmail.com. I've got that all spelled out in the show notes there, but it's M-G-T-W-E-N-T-Y-1-4 at gmail.com. So mindgrenade2014 at gmail.com. Leave us an email there. You can find us on Spotify. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been Hector saying so long and talk to you soon.